word that we meditate on this morning is our epistle lesson from Ephesians chapter 1. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. My first car was a 1992 Chevy Cavalier RS, and I loved that car. I saved my money to put down the down payment on that car by working, no help from anybody else. I made the payments faithfully every month until it was mine. A lot of great memories with that car. Got me to school and back through high school go to friend's house, trips, got me to work and back. It, that car meant so much to me. But it came time to, to trade it in because uh, I got married and uh, baby was on the way and it only had two doors, so I had to figure something else out. So we go to the dealership and we find the car that we're gonna buy and start the dealing. How much I'm gonna get in a trade-in for my Cavalier? And the first, the first offer was just a low ball. Even I knew that, right? I didn't even have to look up the blue book value. I knew that he was low balling me, just like they always do, right? To start out at least, right? They're trying to make money, I know. And, and he gave me another offer. It's still, still, maybe it was fair. But for me, it just wasn't enough. Because maybe the car wasn't worth any more than that, but it meant a lot to me. There was so much sentimental value with that vehicle. And I, and I explained that to the salesman. I said, let me just tell you about this car. And I did for quite a while. And so he picks up the phone, see what I can do. And he calls his boss, or I think he was just pretending to call his boss. And he's kind of muffling and, and talking and puts the phone down. He says, all right, we can give you another $500 for it. I'm like, deal. You can't put value on something that has that sentimental worth to you, right? No one else appreciates that except for you. The worth and the value is very often in what you think about it and feel about it. How important it is to you. What about your life? What's your worth? What's your value? 
How are you trying to determine it? Very often, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we determine our worth and our value, define ourselves by worldly standards. By your career, by your achievements, by your accomplishments, by how big your house is, how much money you got in the bank, maybe how well your kids turned out. Right? Those who are younger, what do you usually define yourself by? Where do you find your worth and your value? In, in your GPA? In your athletic abilities? In what your peers say about you? How about when you get a little older? Do you define yourself by your health? How much you can do? How physically able you are? I'm here to tell you today that if, if you're defining your life and your worth and your value by any of these things, you're really misguided. If you do it by any earthly, worldly standards, in the end, there's no value in these things. Just think about it. If you put your value and your worth on, on your career, and, and the title that's either before your name or after your name, that job might be gone tomorrow. And then where are you? What worth is there to your life if that's taken? Or maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you think, well, I'm just a grocery store clerk. I just work at a gas station. Is that where you're finding your worth and value and, and thinking about how low you think your position is in your career? Is that the way you should define yourself? What if it's defining yourself by dollar signs? And how much you've saved? How much you've got in the bank? Well, that could be taken from you any moment, too. That could be gone. And then what? Or what if it's even in something like how you've raised your kids? And maybe you look at your kids and say, wow, they did a pretty good job. Really? <laughs> What about if your kids at least seemingly haven't turned out so well? But they've made lots of mistakes. If you're defining yourself by your parenting and your worth and your value is as a parent and doesn't come out the way you think it should, is that the way to define yourself? I'm even going to throw in there your faith. If you're going to define your self by how much you go to church, or how much you give in offerings, or how many hours of service you do, or how well you are, how good you are at fighting sin and temptation. Look at me. I, I don't get into that stuff. You're misguided. Who you are and how you define yourself and value and place a value on your life cannot be any of these outward things. In the end, there's no hope in them. There's no peace in them. And most of them, if not all of them, are going to fail you. If that's where you've been looking, it's time to look somewhere else. Maybe it's good for us to consider what does God say our value is? How much are we worth to God? Who does he say we are? 
And that's what this whole sermon series, the next eight weeks, we're going to unpack that and take a look at a different aspect of who God says we are, what our identity really is. It's not in the things of this life. It's not in what we do or what we don't do. But it's found in Christ. It's found in who God says we are. And this section that we have in front of us this morning from Ephesians 1 is a perfect foundation for building on this these next weeks. We get to see in such beautiful, beautiful words and imagery who our God says we are. The value and the worth that he places on us. So it's good for us to listen. It's good for us to find what our true identity is in Christ Jesus. Look, look with me uh, to the first thing. The first thing that God says about you, who you are, what you're worth in God's eyes, it says that you are chosen by the Father. This is beginning at verse 4. He says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And then he says later in verse Verse 11, he says, In him, in Christ, we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. That's a lot of words to say this. You were on God's mind before he first said, Let there be. Before there was absolutely anything here but God himself, God already knew you. And God already loved you. And God already decided that he was going to create you and preserve you and provide for you and protect you and make you his very own. Think about that. Think about what that means for your life. You are not a mistake. You are not an afterthought to God. Your life, you, have been known by God forever. And he chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight, Paul writes. That God was going to take you and he was going to do something amazing with you. He was going to make you to be his very own so that you could, you could have a relationship with him, the holy God, and so that you could someday live with him forever. He chose to make you pure and blameless in his sight and to adopt you into his family, to make you his very own. You have been on God's mind forever. Think about what that means. God never forgets about you. God never leaves you. God never forsakes you. There's never a time where you are not on God's mind. There never has been a time. But you have been on his mind forever and will be forever. This is who you are, dear friends. Dear children of God, chosen by the Father from eternity, predestined, Paul writes, to be his child and an heir of eternal life with him forever. Friends, think about that. Think about what that means if you're struggling in your career or if the bank account's low or if the kids haven't turned out the way you hoped they would. 
or if maybe you're struggling in all of these areas. You are not defined by the circumstances of your life. Your value is not on the things of this world, but on what God has placed on you. You are chosen by the Father to be his very own. And because he wanted you to be his own, he had to do something. He wanted to adopt you. He wanted to, to make you pure and blameless. And so, you know what other value God places on you? You know what worth you are to God? You were redeemed by the Son. Listen, listen to uh, verses 7 through 10. It says, In Him, in Christ, we have redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. What's your value to God? When God looks at you, what, what worth do you have? Jesus, the Son of God, says you're worth dying for. You're worth leaving heaven and stepping into time and shedding his blood. That's what you're worth to God. A perfect life lived for you. Suffering and punishment and hell and death on a cross, all for you. How much are you worth to God? You were worth the price of his holy, innocent blood so that he could redeem you, so that he could set you free from your sin and from everything that shackles you in this life, that he could set you free from the power of the devil who wants to try to convince you that you are defined by this life. You are set free to know that you are God's own. Because look at the cross. Look at the proof. You're redeemed. You're set free. You are his very own. Redeemed by the very blood of the Son of God himself. So that you could be brought into his family. So that you could be adopted. Because before, we were enemies of God. But now, he calls us his friends. Before, we're apart from him but now brought into the family. We have adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Through his blood shed for you. Sean and Mary McConnell weren't able to have children. They decided that they wanted to adopt. And they wanted to adopt a child from another country. And, and they settled on Ghana for some reason as the country that they wanted to adopt from. And so they started the long process of paperwork and as they were going through the paperwork, there was a section that talked about uh, what they were willing to do uh, as far as the health of the child. Would they be willing to take a child with health issues or disabilities? And they spent a long time on that section, trying to decide what, what they could handle, or what they would be up for. And what they decided to put on that form was that they would be willing to take a child with some health issues, but with, with no major disabilities. Well, after submitting their paperwork, it was a few weeks later that that they got a call, that there, there was a child that was ready to be adopted. But she had major health issues, major disabilities, cerebral palsy being the biggest one. And they were asked, would you be willing to take this child? And they thought about it for a long time and, and prayed about it. And in the end, decided yes. 
we'll adopt this little girl and make her our very own. Bring her into our family and care for her. They named her Abiella. They call her Abby for short. And Abby requires 24-hour care. She'll never be able to talk. She'll never be able to walk. She'll never be able to hug her parents. Most of the world would call that life not very valuable. Not worth anything. What good are they to society? But Sean and Mary saw great value in that child and cared for that little girl every single day, every need she has, and they say that they'd do it again. That little girl has the, her parents' unconditional love. And what the world would say is valueless, they say, no, she's ours. She's our daughter. And she is loved and cared for. Dear friends, this, this real-life example, I think, is just, just a glimpse at our God's love for us. Because in and of ourselves, what worth and value do we have? We have nothing to offer God. But he says, no, you have great value. You have great worth, and not because of anything you have done, but because of my mercy, because, because I love you. Because it's my will. Because I have the good pleasure of making you my very own. And he has adopted us into his family. And just like Abby needs 24-7 care, so do we. And our Heavenly Father meets every need in every single way and will not give up on us, and he loves us unconditionally. Dear friends, you have been brought into the family of your Heavenly Father, redeemed by that blood of Jesus, to be his very own, right now and forever. You are loved. You are his and that's what matters. Not the, what the world says. Not what the devil tries to tell you. Not even what you say to yourself, but what God says about you. You are his. That's where your value is found. That is where your worth is found. You are defined by God's great love for you in Jesus Christ. And because God wants to make sure that you are a member of his family until you get to heaven. Because he wants to make sure, without a doubt, that you are certain that you are his and he is yours. Not only are we chosen by the Father and redeemed by the Son, but we're sealed by the Spirit. Listen to the end of our section. It says, You were included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of our salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. God wants to make sure that you never have any doubts, that you never have to wonder, am I really loved? Am I really going to heaven? Am I really God's child? Am I really part of his family? Because he has given you the seal of the Spirit. The deposit guaranteeing the inheritance that is to come. Through the gospel, this word of truth, he has come and given you the gift of faith. 
And he says that you continue to come to word and to sacrament. And here, I will strengthen you in that faith. And I will give you that promised Holy Spirit so that you can know without a doubt what your true value and worth really is. How you are really defined. By God's love for you, you are sealed by the Spirit, dear Christians. In him, you have the promise that you are loved right now and forever. There's no doubt. There's no wondering. There's no questioning, who am I? Does God love me? What's my life worth? It's here. The gospel, God's beating heart for you, makes it so known. You are sealed by the Spirit. That's who you are. That is what your God has made you to be. Friends, I, I know, I, the devil wants you to, to measure your life according to what the world says is value and worth. I know that, that we fall into that trap so easily of thinking that we're defined by our GPA or our abilities or our accomplishments or our title or our finances. But those things don't really define you. None of those will bring you true peace, true purpose, real joy. It's that it's only found in Christ. And when you come to realize that, when that is how you define yourself, by what God says about you, who he says you are, and the value he places on you and your life and your eternity, and then everything changes. Everything changes. The way you look at your life in this world. Why you do what you do and how you do it. Everything changes when you look at your life through God's eyes. Chosen. Redeemed. And sealed. No matter what you say to yourself, no matter what the world tells you, no matter what the devil tries to say, that's who you are, dear Christians. And what's our response? It's got to be the opening verse of Paul's section here. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, even the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Remember who you are. Remember who you really are. Chosen. Redeemed. Sealed all by God's grace, all for his glory. Live in that peace, live in that joy, live in that hope alone. God grant it. Amen.